0: You heard these words. Listen again. When they found Jesus on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, you're looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Did you catch that? I mean, not just the words, but the dynamic that was there. I love it and I hate it. I love it and hate it when somebody asks a question and the other person gives a non-answer or no answer at all, or answers another question altogether. Politics, does that bring any kind of battle? When that sort of thing happens? All the time. And Jesus too. He just did it as you heard me read the words. with Jesus, you know, sometimes it frustrates me when that happens, a question and an answer that doesn't seem to fit. But then I get to thinking because his answer, whatever it is, takes me deeper. And it takes me to something that's really worth thinking about. Do you know the context here for Jesus' words? John chapter 6, Jesus fed the 5,000, well, 5,000 men, which means 15, 20,000 or more, a whole coliseum full of people with just a little bit of food. And then, then because they wanted to make him a king, he withdrew. He left. And when he left, the disciples did too, but it was there on the lake that Jesus met them having walked on the water. And then comes their question and Jesus answered. They wanted to know why they were looking for him and when he arrived. And Jesus answered, well, one of those answers. He said, what you're really looking for is a sign. What you really want to know because of the miraculous bread you just saw me provide, you want some kind of sign. And I am the bread of life. A little different than what they asked. And what all this brings to our attention is the issue of wants and needs. Very clearly laid out in the Scripture readings today. We want a lot, right? But what do we need that's not the first time you've heard that question and then probably not the first time you began to wrestle with wants versus needs i don't need to tell you you know that our economy is based exactly on that i suppose the producers of goods and services started out at least many of them providing things that we really needed and some still do maybe even many But there's also a lot of them that provide things that we want. And many begin to help us want what they want. And it becomes a cycle of uh, a struggle between needs and wants. We want something prettier. We want something newer, up to date. We want something flashier, faster, the latest thing, uh, the more bells and whistles. You know how it goes. Sure, some of that is progress, and it's for our good, and maybe even becomes a need if it isn't already. But we've become conditioned to want, to want more and more and more. And that, that can be deceiving and misleading, even wrong. Yes, for sure. What we need, well, the Old Testament people put their finger on it, yes? As they came out of Egypt and into the wilderness, they got hungry, understandably so. They complained and grumbled, obviously so. They wanted something to eat like they had back in the days of slavery. They complained and God said, I'll take care of it. Paraphrasing our Old Testament reading. And what did he do? He sent quail in the evening, meat for them to eat, and in the morning, bread. Bread from heaven, you know, manna. You know, you look at that picture, (laughs) and I said to Rhonda, you know, that looks like popcorn. Uh, Well, it was that light flaky kind of stuff that fell on the dew in the morning. And it was called the bread of heaven and it sustained them it was what those people in the wilderness needed and god provided a real need a real need bread is one of those things that's basic and every time i think about that i think about an old tv program uh, maybe you weren't born then but Dobie gillis and the Dobie show that's what comes to mind. You know, that, that clean cut young guy with a big smile on his face and yeah, kind of funny, kind of not, but what I really remember is Maynard G. Krebs. Some of you may know him as Gilligan in another TV series. And, and Maynard G. Krebs was a beatnik. Ring any bells? The, the precursors of the hippies. And he sat there often and he played his bongo drums and he was a character. But I remember what he said. He said, give me some bread, man. I I need some bread. Fundamental basics. And what he was talking about was money. Money, which in today's world, and even back then, is a basic. It, It is something that we need to get along. We no longer barter and trade. Money is the common element, the basic that We receive for services and goods, and we give for the very same thing. Bread is basic. Our needs. Well, you know, when we get down to our needs, they're really pretty basic. I mean, you've seen, heard, or maybe not, about the pyramid of needs that those who study these things have laid out. And at the very base of that pyramid are food, shelter, and clothing. Stop and think about it. That's about it. I mean, if push comes to shove, that's a bottom line. And then you've got Martin Luther who comes along in the 1500s and he expands that definition. Do you remember the catechism as he explained the Lord's Prayer when we pray give us this day our daily bread? By the way, it's in your hymn book. And what I'm quoting is from page 324. He asked what is meant by daily bread. He wrote, daily bread includes everything that has to do with the support and needs of the body, everything, such as food, drink, clothing, there they are, shoes, house, home, land, animals, money, goods, devout husband or wife, devout children, devout workers, devout and faithful rulers, good government, good weather, peace, health, Self-control, good reputation, good friends, faithful neighbors, and the like. Daily bread, what we pray for each and every day, one day at a time. That bread, those basics, not just the physical bread, but even the all-encompassing that he mentions here in his explanation. But then, even with that, we want more, don't we? We want more food, and so we fill our cupboards, and we fill our pantries. We want a bigger house, and so we build. I remember growing up, there were six of us, and I remember our house vividly, 1,100 square feet. 1,100 square feet for all six, and we managed. We weren't poor. That's how it was. Today, I looked it up the average house in America is 2,261 square feet. And where do you measure up with that? Bigger and bigger, even in retirement and working downward. Walk-in closets, (laughs) that's what we need these days. That's what we want, aside from those little six foot uh, closets that used to store all of our clothing. The bottom line in all of this is what Jesus said in verse 33 of John chapter 6. Listen again. For the bread of God, the basics, is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Do you catch it? That's the bottom line. That's the real basic. We need Jesus. I know that sentence isn't new to you. I know you believe that, but it needs to be said again today. We need to be reminded, we need to think about this one more time. I mean, what else really matters? We need Jesus. Physical needs, sure. But what's the most important? What's the short-term view? And what's the long-term view? I remember in Pennsylvania, we lived near a little airport just a couple of miles away. And again, I got a chance from time to time to hop on that little puddle jumper and go to a major hub to go on wherever I was headed. And I remember getting up in the sky in this little plane and looking down, I could see our house. And you know, I saw it differently than when I was cutting the grass or in the backyard or even inside the home. I got a different perspective about it all. And that's what Jesus is raising us to see today. Even today, as well as his disciples, the big picture perspective of what we really need. I'm sure that not everybody understands that. I'm sure this is radical. It's fundamentally different. Jesus, the bread of life. Our son, youngest uh, pastor is intimately connected with Wales, even wrote a musical about the revival in Wales that spread to America. And he, he talks about, and he read about, he learned about how this took hold again and again. So much so, catch this, that in this European country, nobody showed up for a soccer game. Nobody, nor the players, nor those who would watch. And when things began to get better, and even a little bit, you know what they sang? And you know what they still sing today? Allegedly, bread of heaven, bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. I decided not to sing it. But whether they know what they're singing or not, bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more is the bottom line. And in what we've been watching Monday nights, The Chosen, I remember as a classic line, summarizes so much. Jesus says, get used to different. Get used to different, different perspective, different reality. So why do we need Jesus? For what do we need Jesus? An example, an example. Can you think of a better person to be your example? Can you think of a better person to emulate than the very Son of God, Jesus Christ? Love, compassion, a care, a concern for people one by one throughout life, a model for truth and love combined, neither sacrificing one or the other Certainly not sacrificing truth for love, but bringing them together as we would, following his example, as we would try to do in our own ways, in our own time, without condoning sin to show love. And he gives us direction. Can you think of anyone with better advice or who gives better direction than Jesus? I bet you can't. What he says, not always easy. What Jesus says, always challenging. It is, in a word, countercultural. If we don't recognize that, we're probably not really listening. Countercultural, but right. Get used to different, as the movie says. And not just that, an example, direction, but also security. Can you think of anyone or anything that makes you feel more secure than Jesus, Son of God, who also shared our being and our life? More secure than guns, more secure than security guards, weapons, military, bulletproof glass. A strong person or an army all around us for security? Nothing stronger. Nothing with better security. I will never leave you or forsake you. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I'll deliver you and you'll glorify me. That's what Jesus promised. And that's what he delivers. And above all, it is eternal life that Jesus offers, that's why we need him. Can you think of anybody else or any other circumstance that can say that, guarantee that, and deliver that eternal life? I I don't care whether it's another religion, uh, a famous person of the past or present, can you think of anyone who can deliver eternal life? I didn't think so there is no one there is nothing more important nothing more basic nothing more wonderful than eternal life where we will be reunited in a full complete way with god the father his father jesus father and ours that's the way it is and how do we get it how do we get that in more you know It's pretty easy to get a loaf of bread, don't you think? I mean, you go to the store. I remember going to the store, paper bag, like children's sermon, and bringing home five loaves of bread for a buck. (laughs) Five loaves of bread for a buck. Dollars all I needed, a little walk, and that's how I came home, pretty easy. Even Wonder Bread didn't cost that much in those days. Jesus, It's pretty easy to figure out gives himself a bread without cost. No cheap, no expensive bread. And be careful not to get just any kind of bread, physical or otherwise, but the bread we really need. There's a lot of alleged bread, small B and capital B out there. Jesus, he's the real thing. And how we get it, how we receive it, quite simply, faith. Faith is the only way. And it comes without cost. It comes as God works within us and we respond to his working. That's the way it is. Remember Jesus when he was tempted by Satan at the very beginning of his ministry? Look at Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Would you read that with me? Jesus answered... It is written man shall not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of god every word that comes from the mouth of god here it is every word that came from the mouth of god well may not every but the word and ultimately the word about the word do you know i'm talking about john chapter 1 in the beginning was what the word and the word was with god and the word was god the word became flesh and dwelt among us the very son of god packaged in human form the word when god wanted to communicate he didn't write a letter he gave us jesus the very word the very truth of god that led us to Philippians chapter four, where Paul could write, and my God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. In Jesus. And then, then the bread of wine and wine. You know, the sacrament we celebrate often. Jesus said, as often as you eat bread, drink this cup. Paul wrote it, you proclaim the death of our Lord. Do you know this whole chapter, by the way, in John chapter six? It's a, it's, it's a chapter that's caused great discussion and even debate. Is this bread that Jesus speaks about himself? Is this about Holy Communion or not? Well, you know what? For these purposes, I really don't care. You know and I know that Jesus is the bread of life. You and I both know that that's what we receive in bread, doesn't look like bread, doesn't taste like bread, a little bit like cardboard, but it is bread and it is the very body of Christ, just as the wine is the blood of Christ. I don't know how, I don't know how it happens. It, tra- it is beyond me, but I know it in faith that this is how Jesus is accessed in a very personal kind of way seven times jesus said i am no doubt about who he was god himself different images along the way to be sure i wonder if the disciples understood all of this his i am claim and his description of what that meant for them probably not not right away you and i we hear the very same words. Do we get it? Do we understand fully and even right away who Jesus is and what he did, how he works? Maybe not. But to hear it again and again, it's important and it drives home the point and it enriches the soul. Read together with me Psalm 146. It's in front of us. Say it. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The desires, but more than the desires, the very needs we have. Now, here's a question, a question for you. How does your life show your need for Jesus? How does it show? How does your life show what your highest need is? And something to think about in these few moments that follow. Something to think about throughout the week and and more. Jesus satisfies today, tomorrow, forever. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. God who satisfies will keep you in what you need. Thank him. Amen.